What's up everybody, John Forster here from John Forster Talks to Dynamic Leaders. For episode six, I'm doing a crossover episode with Paul Johnson, the host of the Actuarial Toolkit podcast. Uh, that need to give buy-off on what you're talking about and, and you, you need to be able to explain it in a succinct way and communicate clearly. We brought on none other than top actuarial consultant, Jeannie Stoke, who also has a, a tremendous career before being an actuary as an LPGA pro golfer. Enough to promote this profession. And I feel like there's a lot of opportunity to promote it more, to speak of it proudly. This podcast originally ran in the Pro Actuary Actuarial uh, Global Summit in front of 1,500 people worldwide. If you like what you see, be sure to follow John Forster Talks to Dynamic Leaders on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, as well as the Actuarial Toolkit Podcast on YouTube. Now nobody's going to come in this cage and outwork an actuary. So I am here with John and Jeannie, and as part of the Disruptive Virtual Actuary Summit, uh, we wanted to talk about a transition from being a pro athlete to being a pro actuary. So we're kind of titling this podcast Pro Athletes to Pro Actuaries, and uh, both John and Jeannie have a background as athletes, uh, and we want to talk a little bit about that. But before we kind of dive into all of that, uh, maybe we'll just do a little introduction, talk about where both of you work. Uh, John, let's uh, start with you, and then Jeannie will uh, move over to yourself. Hey, thanks, Paul. I'm a big fan of your podcast, so happy to to, to finally be on. Appreciate one. it. And um, yeah, I work, I currently, uh, my role is Chief Operating Officer at Medical Risk Managers. Uh, before that, I had uh, about 20 years experience in actuarial leadership roles, more traditional actuarial roles. And in, in those years, I really tried to step outside of the box and figure out what other departments were doing and work closely with sales, closely with finance, with underwriting, with operations. And that really set me up uh, well for my job that I have today. So at Medical Risk Managers, we are experts in the stop loss field and um, we, we, we uh, run services as a traditional MGU, as well as a lot of these really big companies, they, they rely on us for our underwriting work, actuarial work, uh, clinical claims, um, all the work around stop loss. So a big part of my job today is going out to these, uh, you know, different companies that, that we service and finding out what their needs and their, their goals are to build uh, profitable blocks of business and then bringing that uh, back to my company. And luckily, I have a lot of very smart people uh, back there at MRM that helps uh, make that job uh, relatively easy. Awesome. And Jeannie, yourself? Yeah, thank you, Paul, for inviting me. I'm very excited to be on your podcast. Uh, so I'm a health actuary working for Oliver Wyman. I've joined the company about nine months ago. Uh, doing consulting work, um, doing uh, mainly work on commercial lines of business, but supporting uh, clients anywhere from carry, carriers, health or healthcare providers, um, and also we're regulators. And I've also taken on a project working with Star Company, which was very exciting. Um, and then prior to that, uh, I actually started my actuarial career at Blue Cross Blue Shield of North Carolina. 
uh, doing more traditional type of work, pricing, and also some risk adjustment work, and also doing some value-based care work as well. Very nice. So both of you kind of had an interesting transition before this because, I mean, the actuarial career is definitely not uh, not an easy one, not for the faint of heart. And, you know, it's a very intellectually challenging job. But both of you before that were in other challenging positions and doing that as an athlete. So uh, I'm a little curious about um, just maybe start off with what your athletic career was. What did you do before being an actuary? Uh, and then kind of how did that transition into being an actuary? And this time, Jeannie, let's start with you. Yeah, absolutely. So prior to being an actuary, I spent about 13 years in the golf field. Uh, I spent seven years uh, as a touring professional, uh, competed on the LPG tour for several years and transitioned over to coaching. Uh, spent five years at Duke, uh, Division I uh, golf assistant coach, and, uh, you know, we won a national championship and, and uh, been finalists and semifinalists, so we've definitely had a lot of fun there, uh, and then decided that I needed to switch careers, so so here I am. <laughs> That's amazing. Did you, uh, so as you're, like, coaching and doing golfing, I mean, did you hear about the actuarial profession from someone that was a fellow golfer, or you just kind of knew about this for a while? No, that's a great question. So when I was in school, I did study math and statistics. So I went to the University of Florida, played on the golf team there. But while I was there, I really wanted to get a degree that I would eventually use. Um, and uh, the uh, actually the faculty at Florida introduced me to the career. So I had heard about it in college uh, and then thought maybe someday and decided to turn pro, pursue golf. Uh, and honestly, while I was in golf, I never thought I would come back to this, this uh, field. So, yeah, so it's not as random, but because I did study that in right, college. Right. That, but... that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> and then, John, yourself, you uh, went the route of uh, MMA. Is that correct? Yeah, a little, little different path from Jeannie. I mean, Jeannie uh, made it to the highest level in her sport, which is uber impressive and competed there for a long time. I graduated uh, college in 2001. I was uh, like, like Jeannie, I was uh, on a division one team. I was on the wrestling team at Rutgers University. And um, it, back in 2001, it was like eight years after the first UFC started. So it was in really the early ages of MMA. It was uh, not regulated in most states. There were very few uh, opportunities to compete. And it, today there's gyms on every corner. So you can find a gym real easily. And, and most people train for fitness, honestly, rather than to compete. So um, I kind of dove in head first in the actuarial profession, moved up uh, you know, very quickly and took on a lot, a lot of big jobs. And um, about, you know, I'd say seven years later, I went to a professional fight down in Atlantic City and a teammate of mine from high school uh, was a great wrestler. He was uh, competing and actually got knocked out really bad that fight. So I think it would be something that would turn somebody off. But I was just, you know, got that itch. I love the atmosphere and I, I, I got that itch back to compete. And um, I, I kind of was like, this is something that I want to do. And, um, you know, that next week I went and I found a gym 
gym and I started going and people were like, what are you nuts? You're in the worst. I was in the worst shape of my life. They're like, you're, you're out of shape. You're, you got this big job. You use your head uh, for your, for your job. Um, you know, that's kind of crazy that you want to now uh, start getting punched and need in the face. But um, yeah, it just kind of hit a switch for me. And I was like, I'm going to start, uh, try to do this. And it took a while for me because the job I was working at at the time, I was putting in some extreme hours, 70 hour weeks and taking exams at the same time. So ultimately it was more getting into a job situation that I thought was the toughest part that um, wasn't putting in as many nights and weekends. And um, I, you know, eventually was able to train consistently and work on my skills, work on my jujitsu, work on my kickboxing, uh, get, uh, get out for lunch for a run to uh, get cardio in and then uh, be off at 5.30 or 6 and be able to go to the gym. And I won a bunch of amateur fights. I won an amateur title. And then I signed with uh, Cage Fury Fighting Championship, which is one of the biggest uh, regional promotions uh, kind of uh, below the UFC. So I signed with them. I won my first uh, pro fight. And then Father Time started catching up with me. My knees weren't as good. My shoulders weren't as good. I had a couple injuries. So had to then turn the page to bigger and better things. But it was a lot of, a lot of fun and a great run while I uh, went with it. That's fascinating. I, I was going to say, like, having a career, if you're working 70-ish hours a week and studying for exams, I mean, that alone is draining. <laughs> but then to, like, want to do MMA on top of that and have – yeah, especially a career where, where it's risky, you know, like you said, getting knocked out. Um, but it, it is a very fun sport to watch. And uh, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's impressive. And I'm sure you've learned like a ton of skills that really transition to uh, into the actuarial profession, which that's, that's kind of actually my next question for, for both of you is um, you both seem to kind of take on these sort of management or leadership roles early on in your career. Um, and, is there something that you you felt like you learned or some skill you learned from uh, being an athlete that really transitioned that enabled you to do that so early on? And maybe this time, let's uh, let's go ahead and start with John on that one. Yeah, I think definitely. I mean, I graduated school with a math major. There wasn't as much information out there back then um, in uh actuarial science and what you should do to prepare for actuarial science. I basically graduated and was like, man, I need a job. Um, so I didn't have all the technical skills. Most of the jobs I worked during college were manual labor, construction, um, things like that. So um, I didn't come with uh, being a master of Excel or, or these programs or having a ton of exams under my belt. But I think what I did have is um, having that leadership skills. Um, I was a captain of uh, the division one wrestling team and, uh, people talk about MMA. I, I college wrestling is honestly much bigger grind than MMA. It, it is tough to get through that season. And, uh, I was, uh, selected. I think the cool thing about, uh, the way they chose their captains was the team voted on it. So I was voted as the captain, my junior and senior year, and really just leading a team like that. I, and, um, you know, having the spotlight on you where you, you kind of were, um, yeah, the captain of the team and, and you had to go out there wrestling as a one-on-one -on -one sport. So having that confidence to be able to, um, work under pressure, I think was, was big for me. So after I got over the, uh, hurdles and I, I had a great first boss that kind of worked with me and showed me some things and, uh, I picked, you know, figured out the technical stuff. And I think I was, uh, was, uh, 
I had the tools to try try to become a manager. I wouldn't say at first I was uh, not a great manager. I tried my best and I think I learned um, throughout my career and I'm still learning. So I think um, having that, uh, you know, a, having those skills before and the ability to uh, step out and try something new uh, was, was big in, in my career progression. Definitely. Also, I just noticed the uh, belt in the background there. So I should have brought that up when you were uh, talking about your MMA stuff. <laughs> I keep it in my office, you know, it inspires awesome. me a little bit. To, when I got to grind, you know, grind through some uh, busy season, you know, yeah. kind of kind of reminds me of it, you know, and I got some wrestling what? stuff up, uh, wrestling pictures up too. So I come in here, I think over there, there's a Rutgers wrestling, Anthony Ashnall, national champ a couple of years ago. So just nice, kind of coming nice. to my office here. I try to try to get a little inspired, get a little juice for him. Play a little eye of the tiger right before logging in. <laughs> uh, Jeannie, so yourself though, uh, I mean, in a similar regard, it seems like you've really kind of been a leader uh, in jobs that you've been in. Um, do you feel like going from golf, professional golf, to being an actuary, do you feel like there are skills that you learned uh, that helped you make that transition? Yeah, absolutely. I think that a lot of these leadership skills that you develop as an athlete can you know, easily transfer in the business world. And uh, I, I'll say that I've been fortunate enough to be uh, exposed to leadership skills, uh, developing them at least. You know, since I was in college, I was actually co-captain for all four years uh, of, of, of my uh, you know, undergrad years. And then uh, turning professional, being a golfer, you just naturally have to be a manager. You know, you not just managing yourself. You're also managing your coach, your your trainer, your agent. Your you know you've got a lot of people to to uh, work with. Uh, so I think that definitely helped me in just more of the project manage management skills area. And then of course as a coach, you know naturally I had to take on. I was on in a leadership role and working with uh, young athletes and just developing the relationships and accomplishing uh, you know a common goal. All those things very much, you know, translated to, to my actual career. So, so, yeah, that's, that's super interesting and kind of on a, a, a similar note. I mean, I mean, this definitely relates to leadership, but uh, in terms of communication skills and being very public facing, which it sounds like, you know, you're talking to clients, especially as a consultant uh, and John is kind of a leader, you know, at his job talking to clients uh, you know, giving sales pitches and things like that. A lot of people don't necessarily think of that as an actuarial skill, but it's uh, a very important one. And do you feel like in the golf side of things, like you had to get sponsorships and things like that, do you feel like that kind of helped uh, in oh, that, yeah. that regard? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, being a professional athlete, you're in the public eye, you know, you know, everybody, people follow you and they know how you're doing, where you're competing. And yes, we meet new people every week. You know, you go to this new event and for them, for that tournament, it is the one event of the year, once a year LPGA event. For us, it's like one of the many events that we travel to. So we right. do meet many new people. We are paired with, you know, lots of tournament sponsors at Pro-Ams. Uh, you know, you start developing relationships. I've made a lot of friends doing that. Uh, and, you know, even in college, I can relate to also when I was a coach, I wasn't just coaching and, and leading. I was also um, recruiting players. I was working with 
parents and kids and their coaches, their teachers, all of these relationships that you develop uh, were necessary, right, to do your job. And it's the same way at Oliver Wyman, you know, you're doing the work. I mean, your work speaks for itself, but then you also want to make sure that you develop that relationship and that trust to, sure. to do really good work and to be a good uh, consultant. Yeah, for sure. And and John, you also have been in kind of more of a non-traditional actuarial role and kind of being a leader. Do you, you kind of discuss the leadership side of things, but um, were there things when you were doing uh, fighting that kind of led to maybe even like helping with your communication and like public facing? Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I, I definitely, um, again, much lower level than Jeannie, but talk to the press. Um, uh, you know, doing podcasts such as this. Uh, Jeannie put up, brought up an important note that I, I think clicked in my head. You know, she's talking to college kids. When she was coaching, she's talking to college kids and then she's talking to parents. So she has to relate to college kids and 60-year-olds, right? So I think just throughout my sports career, that's something that I developed. Um, Jiu-jitsu was funny. Um, you know, I was training with a lot of 18-year-olds. Uh, actually, one 15-year-old that's really good, Miles Lee, he's fighting for the Cage Fury title tomorrow night. So you kind of relate to people at all these different ages. And then you're talking to coaches and you're talking to promoters and you're talking to yeah people that, that might uh, be a sponsor for you. So Really, I, I think, um, yeah, I, I got friends that, that run the gamut in ages, you know, I got, uh, you know, people, a neighbor that came over to my house that was 75 years old to watch the NCAA tournament. So I think it's in uh, a big thing is important that you're dealing with people from all different ages and all different backgrounds. So you talk about diversity with the profession, right? You're talking to people that aren't just um, people that want to be actuaries or in the business world, people that come from all these different areas of the country and all these different backgrounds. So I, I think that's very key because when you're out there talking to your business partners, you're going to be talking to people of all different ages, of all different backgrounds and all different fields. So having that ability to relate to them, I think is uh, very key. Yeah, that's definitely for sure. Um, yeah, I could say for myself, like I, uh, so Paul, I, yeah, you're in a, you're in a unique role, right? You are, um, you know, I think it's very cool and I know you work out a lot. So you, you, you got a lot of this background too, and you're definitely, um, you know, doing something very cool. I think two things that I really think are cool consulting and, and teaching. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Thanks. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's kind of interesting. I mean, I don't have a, a pro athlete background like the two of you, but, but fitness is definitely a big passion of mine. Um, and I, well, maybe I can touch on that in a second, but you, you mentioned my, uh, the two things that I do, I am an actuarial consultant, but I also teach at ASU. So, uh, the, the teaching is a bit of a newer thing for me. I wanted to, uh, out of school, I really wanted to teach and, I was honestly, at the time I was in too much debt and I was like, I just need to start making some money and found out about the actuarial profession, kind of went that route, didn't look back. And then here I am, you know, 10 to 15 years later, kind of looking back and saying, oh, I really wanted to do that. And now I'm in a position where I can do a little bit of both. So um, I, I am a full-time lecturer, uh, but I also do part-time consulting and, and both of them um, kind of similar to everything we're talking about are very uh, public facing and, and, you know, communication skills are key for both of those. Um, 
you know, I, I will say getting in front of a class of 70 freshmen and explaining pre-calculus is much harder than, than you think it's going to be. <laughs> uh, when I first did that, I was like, you know, pre-calc, I was thinking, oh, pre-calc's easy, you know, we're all actuaries, like that's, that's nothing for us. But when you're in front of a room full of that many people and you're, you're trying to, you know, explain signs, cosines and tangents, it's, it's not as easy as you think it's going to be. And so I think that uh, it, it really does transfer over even to the actuarial profession um, in terms of being able to, to simplify things that you're, you're explaining to others uh, that need to give buy off on what you're talking about. And, and you, you need to be able to explain it in a succinct way. Um, and communicate clearly. So, uh, teaching is, is a ton of fun, uh, and, and doing the actuarial consulting thing is a lot of fun too. I do think, I know we're running a little low on time. So just one quick comment was in terms of the fitness stuff, I think that brings so much value to what we do in our careers. Cause it really does, um, you know, not only the work ethic and, uh, the teamwork and, and things that you do, uh, as an athlete, but also just, getting your blood moving, like it clears your mind and it helps you think clearer, I think. So, uh, yeah, that was just kind of a side comment on that. Mm -hmm. Um, but since we are running low on time, I, I did want to, want to get to, um, kind of, uh, two things here at the end and we'll go to each of you. That is just to start off with, are there any, uh, really cool or neat skill skills that you've learned as an actuary? Um, that kind of relate to when you were an athlete, you were learning new skills. Uh, and related to that, is there any advice that you would give uh, those who are watching that want to be a disruptive actuary uh, going forward? Like what advice would you give them? And maybe we'll start with you, Jeannie, on that one. Yeah, absolutely. I, I find that, you know, being a career changer, having started this career later in life than most people, um, you know, I did notice that uh, that there isn't enough to promote this profession. It is such a great profession. I mean, I can speak, you know, based on my experience, I'm very proud of our profession. And I feel like there's a lot of opportunity to promote it more, to speak of it proudly. I, I still have to explain to everyone I meet what an actuary is. And I think that is a little sad because I think there's some missed opportunities there. Uh, I know that young people are now more exposed to it in schools and, and, and you know, hopefully they, they, uh, they, get, they can start in school and getting internships and, and have exposure. But if you're not that fortunate, I think there's a lot of missed opportunities. So I think to disrupt the profession, we need to promote it and we need to promote it proudly in a positive light because I think that we don't do it uh, so this, so. For sure. And yourself, John? No, I 100% agree with Jeannie. I think we need more people that are out there that have a platform that they could uh, promote the profession, uh, maybe a background that's a little bit out of the norm. I think that would be, uh, you know, that, you know, that that's what I think our profession needs to move forward and to think about things a little bit differently. I know, um, you know, when you talk about uh, my background in, in uh, the sports that I was in, and I'm sure golf as well, it's always evolving. So you always got to change with the times. I know at Prudential, I led a team of uh, uh, 
of actuaries that were trying to find ways to use these emergent technologies, uh, more of these data science tools. And they picked it up uber quick. And I, my job was uh, more of just being, uh, this is how to connect the business to the tools and what do the tools do and figure out how to get them training. And they learned these tools super quick. It was a pretty amazing that they were able to update their processes. And I, I think for people, it's um, thinking a little bit differently and, and uh, maybe having experiences that are not traditional outside of uh, learning the technical skills, um, but you don't need to be a pro athlete. You, you could be any athlete or you don't need to be an athlete at all. You could be a musician and try to try to learn how to be a musician and apply that to your actuarial career. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, doing uh, some something uh, volunteer work. I volunteer with the um, Philly Actuaries Club and the volunteer opportunities with the SOA, but there's volunteer opportunities in your community as well. Could you do that and, and bring it to the table? So, I think the profession just needs people that are uh, doing things outside of the profession and really being proud of those things outside of the profession and figuring out what they could take from those things and bring that back into, into the profession. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining today, John and uh, Jeannie. Um, it was a great discussion. Um, I hope everyone enjoys the rest of the Disruptive Virtual Actuary Summit. Uh, this was Pro Athletes to Pro Actuaries, and we're out.